Hi, I'm Mac. Hi, I'm Abigail. And this is Unsubs. podcast where we recap, rate, and review all 324 episodes of Criminal Minds. And today we're talking Season 4, Episode 10, Brothers in Arms. Here's my fun fact. I'm recording this at my desk. Yay! Finally got my desk in my room, and I'm hoping it's less echoey now, but who who will know? I will know. I've also got a working fan in here now. So in the summer, hopefully, hopefully you can't hear my fan. It's on right now. So in the summer, hopefully I, I will be okay. Yeah, it's very exciting to be not sitting, not lounging in my chair. That's my fun fact. That's a good fun fact. This is very exciting. I'm trying to think of what my fun fact is. I'm free from COVID. Fuck yeah, COVID free. I have been released out of my crate, as my mom put it. So um, that's really exciting. I've been back to work now, and um, it's great having structure again and being able to do that. But I'm also like, damn, it it was a little, it was a little nice not having to do any, like not having to have any responsibilities for a minute fully recognizing that I was extremely lucky in the fact that my symptoms were very cold-like. So, um, you know, still don't, still do your best to keep yourself and your community safe. Look at us, though. We're flourishing. We are. We're flourishing. We've also had 10,000 downloads, so. Yeah, yeah, we're feeling pretty good. Yeah. What's the next goal? 20,000? I guess so. Bro, 20,000 by by a year and a half. That's the goal. Oh so six months to get another 10,000 downloads. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> all right. Everybody start re-downloading all of the episodes that you've already downloaded. Like, if they lapsed, download them again. Oh, my God. Do, do us a solid, like, call her daddy, delete us, and add us again. Oh, my God. But we're not <laughs> trying to follow and call her daddy's footsteps. Maybe with, like, the the listenership, but not with the, like, you know... Anything else. What they stand for, absolutely. Exactly. Not. Yes. What a uh, fall from grace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 we can't even get into it because we're both so heated about it. Yes. <laughs> so we rate each episode out of 100 points total, and we have five different categories. Each category can score a total of 20 points, and those categories are criminal slash serial killer, character development and or character arcs, forensics and context, script writing, and background characters. And may I also say that we always, whenever we say script writing, it's like script writing. Script writing. And I'm going to now remind everyone that we are in no way, shape, or form professionally associated with uh, the entity criminal minds or anything therein, so you don't gotta sue us. That's correct. Should I jump in? <laughs> yes. This show opens in Phoenix, Arizona, and we see two cops driving at night. 
one of them is older than the other one and is kind of grilling him on like, oh, do you know where we are? Do you know where we are? And is basically being like, you know, it's so important to always know where you are, even if you don't have the fancy little cop GPS navigation shit in the car. We learn that they're partners, but the younger one keeps being like, yes, sir. And he's like, that's for the academy. I'm your partner. They're, they're driving around, it's dark out, and they get a call about a domestic violence issue, that, and they begin to like make their way towards the lo- location of that call. And they park, and they get outside of the car, they start walking towards the house, and the younger one is like, oh, god damn it, and realizes that he left his flashlight in the car, so he goes back to the car to get it. The older one continues walking in towards the house while the younger one's getting the flashlight a hooded figure comes up behind him and just, like, point-blank shoots at him. The younger one, like, is still, like, at the car, basically, because he's hella slow, I suppose. He's fresh. He's fresh out of the academy. He's fresh out of the academy, and he tries to call Officer down, like, and he tries to grab his gun and shoot towards the, you know, assailant, but he gets gunned down um, by the hooded figure before he's able to get his shot in. The other thing I think is really funny is that the older cop is like, you need to know where you are at all times. Where are we? And it's still not incredibly clear that the newer cop, the younger cop, knows where they are. So when he gets dispatched, they're like, what's your location? And he's like, oh, oh, Yeah. <laughs> So we we now cut to the BAU and Jordan is informing the team that with this shooting that we've just witnessed, that makes that three cops shot dead in four days. All these cops were killed by being shot in the neck. And additionally, this killer is also taking trophies and these trophies are their badges. So basically, every Saturday night, the Phoenix uh, Police Department sets up a DUI checkpoint. The unsub apparently blew through this checkpoint, then was chased down by an officer, and that officer ended up being shot in the neck. So they're like, well, it looks like this unsub planned this. You know, he lured the officer to his death. They're like, well, maybe this could be someone sending a message to the cops. And Reed points out, though, that there's a lot of people who don't like police officers or cops. It's very... It's it's not easy to pinpoint, you know, a singular group or demographic or person because there's a lot of reasons people could be upset or angry with police officers. They also recognize that the unsub probably knew that these officers would be wearing, would be wearing body armor and that, and that is why he's aiming for their necks because that's the most easy access efficient way to kill them when they're wearing body armor. So Hotch asks Garcia to learn more about the victims, um, and she says she will, but she also shares that she's been on the phone with the police department all morning, and pulling information um, from them has been, quote, like, pulling molars. She says that she does not think they are pleased that this case is being outsourced to the FBI. Like, I'm flashing back to, what is it, Mayhem in the other episode, where, like, the FBI came into New York, and they were like, you're not passionate about this unsub. And they were like, yeah, we are. That's why we're here. 
Although I will say I do think it's interesting to see those episodes where the uh, BAU is not as welcome because just having that extra level of like tension, it spices things up. These shows that, you know, are structurally similar with most episodes, it's fun to have some variety. The team arrives at the police department and right off the bat, the commander or chief or one of the higher ups says they want a word. BAU encounters another guy who I then learned his name, Lieutenant Evans, towards the end. And he's like, oh, so you guys are here to save the day? And just like right off the bat is like super sassy and disrespectful towards them. Okay, here's the thing is I do not understand the hierarchy of like police officers. And like, so if I say something wrong, I'm sorry. I'm not an army brat. I'm not a cop brat. I don't know what I like. Okay, so I did just want to because i didn't know either and i'm assuming our uh, listeners don't know so this is the i'm gonna share the police rank ranking so oh, thank you really yes. okay so at the bottom we have police officers then sergeants then detectives then lieutenant captain and then commander and then deputy chief and chief of police Okay, cool. So we have a captain and we have a lieutenant. Yeah. Well, I I think we I think we have a commander. Yeah, commander and lieutenant. Yeah. Okay. We also yeah we also see some sergeants, but they're not as prominent or featured throughout the episode. So Morgan and Prentice talk to disrespectful Lieutenant Evans, and he keeps insisting that it's the Twelves, which is a local gang. He tells them about the gang a little. Their, le- <laughs> Their leader is named Playboy. I love it. Uh, but Morgan pretty quickly proves that this isn't gang related because we got some dash cam footage from the officer's car and we saw that there was only one attacker. And the only reason we even saw his face on the dash cam was because the two cops basically broke protocol by splitting up, which was the younger one going back to retrieve his flashlight. Additionally, it was intentionally set up to look gang-related. So the neighborhood that they were in um, is in the Twelves kind of um, territory, And so this unsub knew it would be easily blamed on the gangs, the community would blame it on the gangs, and so would the police officers. And we do get a lot of gangbanger terminology, which is... Oh, they they say gangbanger throughout, and I just, I know, I never write it, I didn't repeat that language, because it just seems so icky. Yeah, we don't use that language, but it is said quite a lot, which is just very disrespectful. So now, even though the cops all know he is out there, it's going to get tricky and dangerous because they still have to do their jobs. Hut, and now we see another um, set of cops arriving at the scene of an aggravated assault. It looks like they're in a junkyard of sorts. They look through this chain link fence and there's this like really like dilapidated car. It looks like some sort of Jeep or something. And we see that there is a person kind of like under like crouching behind the car and they're setting a person on fire. 
pops yell out at them. One stays behind to put out the fire on the person, and the other takes off running after the guy who has gone off running after being yelled at. And it turns out that this person on fire is actually, like, a dummy mannequin. The officer who ran after the unsub, his name was Mark, gets shot in the neck. The second one tries to find the unsub, gets shot at, has no success, but he does survive. He doesn't end up getting shot. Hut, and now we see this area being treated as a crime scene. The one who survives, his name is Ron, um, talks about how this was a setup. He blames himself. Morgan and Lieutenant Asshole Evans talk to Ron and Asshole is like, uh, Playboy is gonna pay for this. Like, you know, don't worry about it. And Morgan's like, did you see Playboy there? And then Asshole Evans is like, but we all know he did it, Agent. And Morgan is like, no, we don't, Lieutenant. Do you, you think I don't know how bad you want this guy? Like, come on. And this is when Morgan kind of pops off a little bit and talks about, like, you know, how he was a police officer. His dad was killed in the line of duty. He understands like, he understands how much Evans wants it to be Playboy to find the bad guy to pin it on him, but, like, that's not going to be helpful. That's not how it's going to work. You have to actually, like, prove and find the person. So, despite the fact that the BAU is, like, it's not freaking gang-related, the police department still goes and arrests Playboy, even though there's literally no evidence that he was involved in this. And Morgan is just like, can I have permission to join the interrogation of Playboy? Um, so he does. And Morgan tells Playboy, like, right off the bat, he's like, I know you didn't do this, but I think you know who did. And Morgan's like, you would be someone who is causing problems, uh, someone specifically causing problems for you. Playboy is not very impressed with this. And he's like, okay, so if you know so much, who is it? And Morgan kind 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 of shares a profile. <laughs> he says it would be someone that you would least expect, someone who when you look at them you wouldn't suspect violence. They would take everything very personally, always looking for a fight. He would be white and older and work alone. Playboy says that there was someone who kills his brother who was named Bobby Q. And then, um, not actual uh, brother, but like his fellow his gang second in command. Yeah, like they yeah. call they later refer to him as his lieutenant. Yeah, we learned that the killer who killed Bobby Q took his necklace, and they're like, "That's interesting. That's the same kind of signature." And Garcia finds another similar case, but this time it was a bouncer who got killed. Morgan, Rossi, and Evans arrive at the bar that the bouncer worked at. His name was Mick, and apparently Mick was in some sort of fight club. <laughs> it just comes out of left field. I know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's funny. Okay, I guess he's like a boxer or something. And then I'm like, I literally write in my notes in capital letters, wait, they weren't joking. It's an actual fight club. It was funny because I watched this during lunch and I was like, oh, you know, I know what I'm going to write my deep dive on. And I texted Abby and I was like, I want you to guess what my deep dive is going to be on while you're watching it. And she sent me a couple guesses and then just out of nowhere, all caps, 
is it on Fight Club? (laughs) Hell yeah, Uh, it is, girl. So Morgan, Evans, and Rossi roll in um, and break up the Fight Club. They talk to freaking Doug Jones. It's Doug Jones, everyone. His second appearance. And his name is Beanie. They ask if they ever fought with a guy who was, like, always losing, just not, you know, just not, never winning, just, just really trying, but never there. And Doug Jones, Beanie, um, says that there was a guy who called himself Animal, who fits that description. Because they, they, they only go by nicknames. Yeah, they don't, they don't, we don't reuse real names. It's in Fight Club. You don't even talk about Fight Club. And they also realize that when the unsub is lingering over the bodies, what he's doing is proving himself to be the stronger, more primal one of the two. Because in the fight club, when you're going to win, you put your hand around like the person's throat as like to show that you've you're in control, and that's when the person taps off. Uh, so that's what he's doing to the victims, which is terrifying to think that you're like dying from a like a blitz attack, and he's just. Oh, God. They're like, okay, Doug Jones, Beanie, time for you to go meet up with a sketch artist. (laughs) Also, it's funny because they're like, what's a description of him, of the unsub? And he's like, oh, he was scrawny. And it's like, like, that is the worst description ever. And they're like, all right, he's good. Sit him down with a sketch artist. Then Hotch is like, all right, we know what we got to do. And go. And what he does is Hotch goes and he himself does a press conference. And he announces that the police, like, he's like, yeah, the, yo, the police, they've done fuck up. Like, they, they made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and now the FBI is going to be taking charge. We're setting up a tip line and we're going to release the sketch. And I'm like, what is going on? And then now, with when there is eight minutes and thirty something seconds left of the episode, we get a profile. So here's the profile of Animal, our unsum. We never learn his real name, by the way. He is a narcissist and a psychopath, and then he's trying to prove his masculinity. Because he is a narcissist, he goes after high risk targets. He will also be following the investigation because he is a narcissist. By pretending to take charge of the investigation, the FBI is putting themselves above the police, suggesting that they are tougher to take out, issuing the unsub a challenge. All of the attacks, except for the last one, took place in the 12's territory. That's the gang. Multiple access ranges for the unsub, not many for the victim. Access ranges. What the fuck is that? So basically, there was like a lot of different places he could shoot from, um, but there were not a lot of escape routes. All right, so they're gonna the the FBI are going to look for a possible tip that will have this same scenario where they can look and see that this is like the same sort of location. And also, Animal is smart and fearless. So a call from a tip line comes in and they say that they've seen him. So the BAU prepares to go to that location. Garcia sends them like a a bird's eye view satellite of the area. It's a very quiet area. There's like a main street with like a couple small roads and and like two alleys. 
Hotch goes and he like pinpoints is like I want snipers here, here, and here. Like this is where I want backup. And then he and Prentice head over. They arrive at the location and Prentice has her neck so exposed. Like she's wearing a really like open collar shirt. And I'm like, girl, no. Morgan breaks down a door into one of the apartments, but it's clear. And they continue to do this over and over and they're not finding anything or anyone. And then it's, like, much later in the evening, like, Hotch even says, like, oh, we might have to do this in shifts. Um, We see Hotch get out of his car by himself. Um, He seems really defeated and is walking and walking down, like, he parked, I guess he parked his car, is walking down this parking lot. And then we can see the unsub get out of a car behind him and start trailing him. Hotch is on the sidewalk, and there's cars, like, parked to the right of him, and the unsub is on the other side of the cars. And then Hotch goes behind a big, like, service vehicle kind of truck. Now, someone from the BAU has come up behind the unsub, and they apprehend him, and he's caught. (laughs) So it turns out that the tip was actually a diversion, They knew that the unsub wouldn't actually be at the first location, and he would probably wait until Hotch was alone. As they're apprehending the unsub and, like, walking him uh, with the police station and everything, Playboy just runs up with a gun and, like, point-blank shoots him because it's revenge for Bobby Q. (laughs) Iconic! I wrote, what a dramatic ending. Yeah, so dramatic. And that is Brother in Arms. All right. Are y'all ready for my deep dive? I did a deep dive on fight clubs and why they're bad. Yay. I have three different sources and I'm going to, I kind of piece together a little thing for everybody. So this one is actually from How Stuff Works. Quote, for the most part, These real-life fight clubs are by invitation only and are usually shrouded in secrecy. Fighters generally have to know someone, or at least know where to look, to find the location where a fight club will be held. The rules surrounding these fights are usually very simple. Fighters can do just about anything to one another with their unnamed bodies, but once a fighter loses consciousness or calls it quits, the fight is over. Other real-life fight clubs have far less structured rules. These fights are sometimes used for gang initiations with prospects, potential gang members, proving their toughness in the ring. Anyone who wants to watch can show up without fear of being pressed into fighting. And then this one is from rtd.rt.com. Quote, One day at a Russian fighting club ended in tragedy. A 44-year-old father of two had been promised he'd become a real man in just three days, but it never happened. His heart stopped during an exercise in one of Russia's famed underground fight clubs. One of them attracted new members from all across Russia by posting YouTube videos where its coaches told newcomers how they'll change your life. Former attendees say that the price of a three-day course is slightly over $250. 
The Fight Club's so-called unique method is based on both psychological and physical training that can virtually put a professional sportsman in between life and death. Oh, my God. And here's the final article from Boxing Scene. Um, just somebody just absolutely so fucking done with fight clubs. <laughs> absolutely iconic. All right. This is Underground Fight Clubs and the New York State Athletic Commission by Thomas Hauser. Quote, the underground fights, at least in New York, are illegal. Under the New York State Penal Code, a person cannot consent to being assaulted. Striking and injuring another person is an assault whether or not the, participa- <laughs> whether or not the participants agree to fight. Under this law, anyone other than a spectator who, quote, advances a prohibited combative sport is guilty of a Class A misdemeanor punishable by up to one year in prison. Underground fight clubs routinely flout the NISAC, which is the New York State Athletic Commission, rules and regulations. The NISAC rules and regulations as they relate to professional fights require, one, pre-fight medical examinations for all combatants, two, at least one commission-designated doctor and at least one ambulance with medical personnel, three, a post-fight medical evaluation of each combatant by an on-site commission-designated physician immediately following each match. So what is the New York State Athletic Commission doing about underground fight clubs? It acts as though the issue doesn't exist and has done nothing. Oh, my God. And then this person ends by saying, there will be a lot of desperate people in the year ahead. People who are desperate for money and people who are desperate for something to feel good about in their lives. But getting beaten up in underground fight clubs won't improve the quality of their lives. Guys, don't do it. Oh my gosh, should we rate this episode? Yeah, let's rate this episode. All right, criminal slash serial killer. We don't know who he is. We don't don't even even get get his his name. We don't even get his name. But he was, I mean, I think it was so cool, though. Did we need to know that much about him? I don't think we did. I I would like to know why. I mean, like, I mean, we we kind of understand that he's trying to, you know, he's trying to go after, like, high risk, like, people and it's but it's like this is one of the few times where i'm like i wasn't like i want to know more sorry i just noticed that my like i have a new calendar put up behind my desk i just noticed it tells me when mercury is retrograde is it retrograding yeah it's retrograding girl (laughs) i can't yikes i don't know i just didn't like this episode that much because this is a really good season, but like it wasn't awful, and I didn't need to hear about how his like mother was terrible to him. Like I, you know, I could just take it as it was, and there was a Fight Club, so maybe we should give it a thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Let's give it a fourteen. It was also yeah, it was like one of those few times where I wasn't like, God damn it, why didn't we learn more? Like, what was their motivation? I was very content with what I got. Character development and character arcs. 
Morgan just talking about how he was a cop in Chicago, which we did already know, but it's nice that we can repeat this with an earshot of Hotch, who literally was like, Morgan, are you a serial killer? Oh my God, I know. Lest we forget. I will not forget. Yeah, we didn't really, yeah, it's like we didn't really make any like new strides. But it wasn't like detrimental. No, it wasn't. It just, that's not what the focus of the um, episode was. 12? Yeah. Okay. Forensics in context. 12? Yeah, because it's like we didn't get a whole lot. Like we did and we didn't. It was, I felt like it was sufficient. Script writing. I don't know. What do you, you, you pick. I've picked. Um, let's do four. Let's do 13. Okay. Background characters. Doug Jones! Yeah, we got a lot of really distinct background characters in this episode. I feel like we should get a high, high score. I didn't like all of them. Evans was awful. But I feel like there was a lot of moments for the different characters to shine. I also feel like Evans, that actor, did a really good job. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, I feel like we could give it like an 18. Yeah, we could even give a 19 because I do love a Doug Jones ca- cameo. I was like, he's so familiar. And it's like we get to see his face. And his name was Beanie. I bet they were like, Doug Jones, what do you want your like Fight Club nickname to be? And he was like, Beanie, because he fucks. All right, and our grand total is 70. brothers in arms but we're sisters in arms and we sure would love it if you joined our patreon yes please do yeah link in the episode notes for all of these things and you should check out those articles that i looked up because they're all great also in the show notes uh and you can follow us on some podcasts on all of the things and you can follow me at yournewapartment.tumblr.com uh, where I've repeatedly been like, will we notice me? And he has not yet, but I'm I'm not going to give up hope. And you can listen to my um, potentially finished uh, short-lived podcast between Save the Screen and All Screen Services. No! It'll live forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back to it. Yeah, exactly. She's not the priority right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Peace out and, and get ready to norm norm it up next episode.